All right, Brock Lurie here. So I am excited about so many things happening in our world today. The administration, are, I'm excited about the midterm elections. We talked about this. If things go continue the way they are, I think that we're going to hold the Democrats at bay and maybe even gain some seats. Uh, but it will not be the devastation that the Democrats want or pretend to predict for. I just don't see it. No um, blue wave? No, no blue, blue wave, wave. No, no, on the contrary, I think after only one year with Trump, they are beginning to understand that things are going really well. Even the most diehard liberal who, who, who mocks you for liking Trump, right? How can you be so... You seem like a smart guy, Barack. You know, uh, how could you uh, be supportive of Barack? What, you know, uh, of Trump. Even those guys, they they have to acknowledge that things are going really well. Now they may very well say, "Well, that's because of Barack Obama's great policies and such," but they still have to recognize that as we speak, this uh, this president is presiding over a great economy, uh, fantastic. Um, resolution vis-a-vis black unemployment. Things are going much better for the black community than ever before. And that uh, people have a very strong sense of supportive of Trump's policies, including the tax plan and the immigration wall and everything else and the destruction of Obamacare. And isn't it funny that when you look at Facebook and Twitter, nobody's really bemoaning the death of Obamacare. Have you noticed that? Right? It, how could you do this to us? That he's an evil person. And they talk about the, the immigration wall. They talk about him being a racist. They talk about him being stupid, um, and that he's um, agitating. Uh, he tweets. He's bombastic. Right. He's rude. But they he's don't say an embarrassment. Anything. But they never say he's bad at his job. <laughs> right. Well, but they don't they say might, anything about. Uh, yeah. They don't say anything about about Obamacare. They don't say yes. that like he's ruined this one thing that's available to us all, and like. Uh, why are you so quiet about that, my friends? That, that's really interesting to me. It's not just what they talk about, what they're not talking about that we're talking about now. Yeah, you're, you're so right. What about the death of Obamacare? What about bemoaning this? What about how insurance companies are driving up costs and dropping coverage? Right. Where's all that? Right. Yeah. And, and those friends you're talking about, and we're, I think you're referring to any liberal um, to the on the common sense side of say Antifa or the you know right. pink hair social justice warrior lunatics. We're not talking about uh, you know the people you can't argue with you know who are violent, but you know normal people who are liberals. I think what you're saying is, although they don't like how things are going good, yeah, or how we got to a place where things are going well. Yes, things are going well, and yeah, he's he's good to be right. president. <laughs> Well, and look, the best they can do, they can say, well, you can't credit Trump for that, right? It's, I mean, I saw a great, um, a great stock market curve. You know how it goes up and down, up yeah. and down. But generally, it goes, it's, you know, overall, it's going up, right? So you see, every time it's going up, they, they, they have a line, Obama. Every time it goes down, Trump. Trump, every right. Every time it goes up, Obama. It's so funny. <laughs> That's the way they view it, right? I mean, yeah. like just now, for example, the, the stock market has been roaring back to where it was. There was a couple of uh, dips you know, you and I, of course, knew that it was going to go back up. It's not as if it was a devastating blow. But when the stock, stock market went down, I think it was 600 points one day. The Democrats were all over it. You see, it's all over. It was all a big charade. You know, this is Trump's fault. You know, he's irresponsible. That, that, that sort of thing that you heard. But it just wants us to sell. So I, I, find that, I find this all very fascinating. Um, now, look, I, I had a uh, and, and kind of dovetailing to something else now. 
I appeared at this great organization. It's called the Jewish Republican Alliance. It's a fairly new organization, less than two years old. And these guys have been growing by leaps and bounds. And um, in contrast to the Republican Jewish Coalition, RJC, which is a great organization. I used to belong to it. I, I'm very thankful for their, their presence. Um, but they've done the, kind of the dance a little too much. They're Establishment too, dance. Yeah, th that's what they are. They, they are, yeah, they, I won't say they're rhinos, but they, they tend to be a little bit more establishment, like you said. Yeah, they're not a conservative organization. They are a Republican organization. Yes. With a focus on bringing Republicans of any stripe to being pro-Israel, right? rather than the Republican Jewish Alliance, which is an actual conservative Jewish right. Republican organization. Right. It's actually Jewish Republican Alliance, and they made that very specific. They said Jewish Republican Alliance because they wanted to emphasize the Jewish part of it, and that <clears throat> it dovetails so nicely with the Republican because, well, frankly, Judaism and being a Republican should go hand in hand. That's their, their thinking, and I, and I like it. And I, and I wondered, and I spoke to uh, Bruce Grassick and Mitch Silverberg about this, Silverman, about this. He, they, they both, uh, we, I was wondering aloud with them why they were succeeding so well. Why are you like the runaway train that you've become? And I, I already had the answer in my head because I think they were a little bit uh, pleasantly surprised themselves. And I said, I think it's because your mission is very clear. You know exactly what you're stating. You are... The, the kind of the, the Trumps of the Jews. You're saying, this is where we stand. We love God. Uh, we love conservative principles. Judaism and conservatism go hand in hand with each other. And you know what? The Jewish community loves that message. And so here we are with a fantastic organization. So last, this past uh, Monday, they had Larry Elder as their featured speaker. I had spoken in front of them before. I was one of their first speakers. Very honored about that. But Larry Elder was there, and he, he packed the house with 700 people at the um, Valley Beth Shalom Temple in the Valley. And it was so exciting. I, I really got to tell you, it's really fun. And in the meantime, um, the, uh, the energy that was there, I, I was kind of joking around with, um, with Bruce. It, it seemed to me like, well, this must be all the 700 Jewish Republicans in all of California, not just Los Angeles, who are sitting right here. And I, I said, are you sure there's not like some liberal uh, going out there with a walkie-talkie and then speaking to the walkie-talkie? Okay, they're all in. Now! <laughs> right? So, I, I don't know. Uh, but the energy that they brought was fantastic. So, cute little story to tell you. Um, we were selling our books. My son, Max, was there with me. And he was selling uh, Atheism Kills, the book. And... It was going fine, and people saw me, and they, oh, you're Brock Lurie, and, and it, was, it was very nice, very flattering, and all the good stuff. There was one old man who, who approached my son, and I only heard this about, about this after the fact because I went to the restroom or something, and he came up to the book sales. He's an older guy, and he said, I want you to know I used to be a believer, and now I'm an atheist, and, and he points to my book and said, and this book is bunk, bunk, I tell you. It's bull. It's bull. It's bull. And he kept on saying the word bull. Did he say the word after bull or just bull? No, he just he said bull. Well, then he really wasn't serious, was he? <laughs> Apparently not. So, but, so, I mean, it's clear that he clearly he had not read the book. So, and he told my son, Max, you know, this is like abusive in, in some ways. Like, you never do this with a 12-year-old kid, right? Especially so, one who's not your own. He's not your own. He doesn't know anything from him. So, 
So he says to Max, well, I was an atheist, and one day you'll see, you'll get wiser and more mature, and you'll figure it out uh, that there is no God, and this, that this books like this are bull, 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 bull. <laughs> so Max said something like, uh, well, gosh, I hope I, I grow up one day and become as wise as you are, and then I'll approach some strange 12-year-old kid and tell him that his father's book is bull, 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 bull. <laughs> I can aspire to that one day, sir. <laughs> I think he put him in his place pretty pretty well, right? Anyway, you know, the, the point of that story is these people, these atheists, get so enamored with themselves. You said it offline really well, um, that they've, they're this amorphous group, right? They call themselves atheists on the one hand, but they don't want to be lumped in with every other atheist. They, they, they don't want to consider themselves like a lobbying group, right? Like a teacher's union number 45 or whatever. Uh, they don't identify in the same way that, let's say, Mormons do or Catholics or, I don't know, um, Freemasons do or whatever, right? They, they just kind of want to say that they're atheists and then they run and hide back and they kind hide like behind a them. drive-by hit. Yeah, it's drive-by hit, exactly. And, and so when you confront them and you actually deal with them as a group, they get very hostile. That man was just one among so many. I mean, at least I'll give this to him. He actually spoke directly in front of other people. Most of the atheists that I speak to, and I speak in air quotes, they're just cowards on Facebook. They're very, very tough on Facebook with, you know, their three o'clock in the morning rants, um, you know, from their mother's, you know, basement. Um, that's about it. <laughs> You'd like that. I mean, that's, that's what it is. You know, and I, and finally, I, I, I asked some of these people, are you like 18 or, or maybe 16 years old? Because the spelling mistakes that they make are consistent with a 16-year-old, right? They, they're actually arguing with adults. But I said, you know, please, you know, understand you're dealing with a childish philosophy. Yeah, is your name David Hogg by chance? <laughs> David Hogg. Anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and it's, it's so true. And, you know, they, they also come, remind me of um, another group called Racists, not the ones that liberals point out that aren't real. But, you know, real racists. Because a real racist will never... De- uh, um, Admit to really being a racist. Oh, I'm not one of those. Right. I just have Good a problem point. with people like this or people like that. Right. But I don't know. I'm not. I'm not like one of those KKK guys over there. They won't get, gather together. Hey, fellow racists, uh, right. let's meet tonight at uh, 12 o'clock at <laughs> Nick's bowling alley. You know? Amalgamated <laughs> racists of Monrovia. Right. Yeah. They, <laughs> whatever. You know? They don't do that. A, they, <laughs> that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah these atheists. They're, they're like. I think they're secretly ashamed of being atheists. You know, I, I mean, look, a lot of atheists listening to this will, will write, and now I know, they'll write to me and they'll say, what are you talking about? I'm an atheist and I'm proud of it. And you guys are morons and such like that. Okay, uh, fine. Okay, uh, the Sam Harris is out there and uh, what do you call it? Richard Dawkins and those guys. Yeah, you bet. Okay. But I think a lot of the, the atheists who are really out there, they're actually secretly embarrassed about it. Um, they are secretly um, not, they're definitely not informed. That's for sure. So they want to be able to, to rib the Catholics and the Christians and the Jews and for sure the Muslims and such. They want to rib them really, really, really strong and go until they attack. What about those crusades? What about those inquisitions? You know, like that. But not realizing, of course, that there are answers to all those things. So they don't really want to fight. That's, they're, they're afraid. They're cowards at the end of the day. Sam Harris I can respect. But, but the, most of the atheists, they, they have no no worthy um, effort of being respected. They, they, they go out there. They, it's as if they, 
it, they're like, a, what do you call it? Um, couch potato uh, football players, yeah. right? They, they scream at the TV saying, throw the effing ball, you know, tackle him, tackle him. Of course, if they're actually there, yeah. <laughs> they would run and hide with it's their tails between hard. their legs. How can you not throw the ball to that guy? Yeah. Yeah. He was, uh, you let that guy tackle you? Right. Were you slow? Right. And a lot, yeah. of, and a lot of people seeing a, a, or a war movie, you know, go out there and shoot, 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 right? Yeah. But, you know, you're not in the battlefield, my friend, okay? Right. And until you're in the battlefield, don't actually engage. And if you really want to fight, then fight me. But, but pick up the phone, debate me. I'll, I'll take you on any day of the week. But especially Sundays between 10 a.m. and 11 a.m. on AM <laughs> That's true. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> the answer and the call number is what? 866 87. That's right. 866 870 5752. Yeah. And, and anyway, call Barack between 11 and 10 Sunday mornings. And you can have that conversation. That's right. Yeah. And by the way, and I'll talk to anybody about global warming at the same time. I've had many challenges out there, and people just don't want to take me on. Yeah, but I think the other point we wanted to get to about the book is how brilliant you did naming this book. Naming, uh, writing it, obviously. But if you don't put the right name on it, you know, it doesn't grab people. But you not only named it, something Atheism Kills that grabs your attention and is is great marketing, but it does an incredible version of a conservative Alinsky tactic, which is You've picked a target, you've frozen it, you've polarized it, and you've set the wolves of your own side upon it and given them another Alinsky tactic, a, a uh, technique they enjoy in their engagement of the enemy. Right. And you've shown them, here's this group that hides under a number of different flags and a number of different hats. Different rocks. And a number of, uh, <laughs> that, they hide under rocks. Right. Well, yeah. rocks too, behind trees, <laughs> right. you know, bushes, weeds, uh, right. you know, smoking weeds, whatever. Mm-hmm. But the point is you've pointed them out as an actual tangible target right. that as conservatives, we have pent up, you know, liberals say, well, you're so angry. Well, we never get our release. So, I mean, we do between, you know, 10 and 11 on Sunday mornings and during Rush Limbaugh's show and mm-hmm. uh, Sean Handy's show and then for a few shows, um, you know, on Fox and for Mark Levin and others. But, you know, we take so much abuse day in, day out culturally that we very rarely get a chance to relish the fight where we have the high ground and we have the 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 um, the beat to beat them to the punch advantage right. in the combat. And your book and its title help us have that right. that moment of inertia. Yeah. And we, you we see how the other side is on the run. Right. We do have the high ground. That's the beauty of it is that we are far more moral. We created the notion of morality. We created civilization itself. And, uh, you know, one of, the, one of the things, the chides I have against atheism is not only, of course, that it kills and it kills everything that we value, right? Uh, and it, it enslaves, it engages in torture, it minimizes the human being. Um, but other than that, it's great. <laughs> yeah, it's a wonderful thing. Now, have but, your daughter practice right, it. But put that aside for yeah. a second. You can say, okay, well, when it, that's atheism when it's, when it's uh, actually exercised by government, and that's my point in the book. Right, so it's a dangerous ideology, but you know many Christians and Jews they say, oh, you know their 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 sister-in-law is an atheist, right? And oh, she's cuckoo, no big deal. But you know she's entitled to her belief, which is true, it's really true. But she is dangerous. But but think other than that, it's you see my point is, and I remember I gave this a speech recently, and it just kind of came out to a very large synagogue here in Los Angeles, and I said you. Are, are building civilization. By showing up here on Saturday, Shabbat, 
you are helping build civilization. This is more than just you coming out and meeting your fellow friend, fellow Jewish friends and building a community, which is nice. It's very important. Don't mean, don't, I don't mean to trivialize that. That is important. But by you learning the Torah, by you studying God, you are reinvigorating civilization every week. How about that? And then, of course, with the holidays and, and every year with Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah, you reinvigorate civilization. You create civilization. And so you are part of it. It's not as if, you know, uh, Judaism came down with the Ten Commandments and then said, here, the, here you go, guys. And, and now that you've received it, well, have fun. No, you're supposed to live it. You're supposed to live consistently with the Ten Commandments and, of course, the 613 mitzvot. You get the idea. I find it fascinating for, for many different reasons because the atheist, by contrast, who doesn't show up at synagogue, who doesn't show up at church. Or really in anything else. Anything, right? Now, he hides and he plays video games and he, and he thinks that you're stupid and, and, pulls and you're wasting. Out. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah pulls. For minimum wage, $18 right. an hour with right. benefits. <laughs> so this guy, um, he's not pulling his own weight, is he? Right? He's not building civilization. So here's the way I look at it. In addition to him being dangerous, He's lazy and he's not pulling his own weight. Boy, I'm going to get a lot of emails about this. Now. No, he's, it's truly a form of welfare. He's, it is. He's riding on the dole of yes. the civilization we're built. We're, we've built for to protect him. Right. And and back to my old expression when I was an atheist, saying I'm an atheist. I'm an atheist, but thank God nobody else is. Right. <laughs> right. Because we wouldn't have civilization. <laughs> we everyone would be murdering everybody else. Everyone, you know, all men would be raping all the, any woman that that he chose to to, to fancy. And so on. I mean, horrific things would happen. There would be incest. There would be polygamy. Uh, there would be, you know, uh, God forbid, uh, uh, child, um, what do you call it? Uh, pedophilia. It would be rampant. Uh, corruption right and left. But there is not because of Christianity and, and Judaism. Thank you very much, Christianity and Judaism. I once went with a friend of mine. Uh, he invited me to uh, San Diego. And uh, it was really quite an honor to um, a submarine, the USS Pasadena. And what a great adventure that was. And once a year, they allow some civilians like myself, you know, I, I was a guest, to come check out the innards of the submarine and see, meet all the, the sailors and such in there. And much like you would expect, um, uh, each of these sailors has got a job, right? This, this one is making sure the depth of the a submarine is just so. Uh, there, this one is making all the calculations. This this one is sweeping up uh, the, the floors, of course. This one's cleaning up the toilets. This one is uh, making sure that the the air is is circulating well. This one is checking, making sure that the weaponry is just right. Torpedo room is is clean and so forth. It's a constant work on the submarine, constant. And they have six hour shifts, and they have to follow follow this regimen. So what if one of the sailors just said, you know, in the middle of, you know, one of their outings, their missions, just say, you know what, I'm going to sit this out. <laughs> I don't I feel don't, like it. I don't believe in this yeah, anymore. I don't believe in this. Right. You guys do this all. And uh, I'll just sit in my cot. Thanks very much. And, well, uh, luckily, the military has something called court-martialing, <laughs> which is 
would I, be very useful to have in real life. I know, for, I know. Yeah. That, that's, but that's the point. Yeah. And, uh, and he goes around and, and he just enjoys all the benefits of the submarine, <laughs> yes. right? And he gets to watch the t- go to the TV room. There's a TV room. It mm. plays a little ping pong room. And, and uh, there's a couple of little nice things in this uh, submarine. And, of course, there's food. It's good food, by the way. I was very impressed. And he goes to the mess hall and just eats whenever he damn well pleases. And, you know, he stays up as long as he wants. He shoots it instead of a submarine and sail cruise. Yeah. It's a great, it's the undersea cruise. <laughs> right. I'm going to have an undersea cruise. Yeah, that's right. You know what I'll have? A dance under the sea <laughs> on a cruise. And then everyone's like, wait a minute. Right. Are you pulling your weight around right. here? I mean, yeah. And, and yeah. I, I don't remember, but I think they have like videos or whatever. Yeah. yeah. DVDs. And uh, you can watch whatever movie you want, right? Yeah. Just, just imagine that. Yeah. So, I, I'm. Just, <laughs> and now but, imagine fifty guys, a hundred guys. Now imagine the whole ship doing it. Right. Yeah. So now, so but this is exactly what the way the atheist plays in life. Yes. Right. He gets all the perks of civilization, perks that have been developed solely through the benefits of Christianity and Judaism, and now he just wants to sit back, relax. And enjoy all of its wonders. Thank you very much. All the the law and order, the lack of slavery, right? The the protections of law and order, generally speaking. Yeah, the protections of alternative lifestyles. Right. The only tolerance of which is because people determine that free will is a good thing, even if you don't follow the buck. Right. You know, you're free not to participate. Right. You are free. You shouldn't, but you're right. free to. Right. Free speech. You know, as like well. we saw when we were talking about that uh, real sports with Mary Carrillo going, well the Bible's two thousand years. What about all the knowledge we have of the last thirty? Huh. Right? What you a, know? What a fool. What yeah. a fool. Anyway, the the point is that they're just sitting and, and sucking at the civilization's teat, as it were. Yeah, and then when you get and then, to and, a, then, and then saying, you know, you, you guys are fools as he continues yeah. to suck on civilization's teat. Yeah. You know what? But we provide this for you, my friend. Everything that you see around you, everything in some way or another is the product of Christianity and Judaism. And if it weren't for them, you would be back to Sodom and Gomorrah. Why do you think that you would somehow be in a better position today than without, without Christianity and Judaism? Why could you possibly can come to that conclusion? What society has developed what we have today better than America slash Israel slash the West. Tell me. Yeah, and I want to make a quick point about Sodom and Gomorrah vis-a-vis our uh, gay friends out yeah. there based on the, again, the Mira Carrillo real sports episodes we discussed. Sodom and Gomorrah might have had a lot of homosexuality, thing is, the homosexuals living there weren't free to choose what they were doing with whom and when. Right. Right? That's right. That's Which right. I think undermines a lot of the pleasures of you making your uh, choice in an alternative sexual lifestyle. Right. Well, there's no freedom you. there. Exactly. There's no freedom. I always say freedom, ironically, implies rules, right, mm-hmm. and law. People think that they're inconsistent, but by definition— you cannot have freedom without rules. And in right? other words, one of the rules is don't murder other people who are also enjoying freedom. Right. 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 Well, <laughs> don't I mean, rape other people right. also enjoying freedom. Think it from a woman's point of view, especially. Okay. So yeah. really pretty, but young and uh, not that powerful woman. Okay. She's, you know, she's, uh, she's, she would just have to lock herself up in her home all day long and hope that no men would ever find her. That, yeah, technically she's free to do whatever she damn well pleases, but 
Is she? <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, she lives in fear all day long. Right. That's the not li- freedom. The liberal would say, well, she's free to do what she wants in her bedroom. Right. Yeah, but she can't leave her bedroom. That's exactly right. Yeah. And, and, and she can't tell anybody that she's even there because they'll just, you know, yeah, do terrible things Yeah, and I think one of the amazing points you make in the book is that the tipping points happen when it becomes government policy. So, okay, so we're enjoying this beautiful Judeo-Christian pluralistic society and we have this percentage of atheists. Right. But as the atheism grows, as that shadow of darkness in men's souls and minds grows and starts to encompass institutions and the levers of power of government and becomes ever more uh, grand and and influential, it, it reaches a point of actual true power. Right. And at that point, you have North Korea or the Soviet Union, where suddenly the atheism mentalities are in charge and societal collapse occurs. Right. Because you wind up with a place where the dominance over everyone becomes the the practiced uh, state of things, right. where the practice of religion becomes banned because it threatens master atheism. Right. And then people have to be killed despite the rules against murder because, well, the, mur- the rules against murder come from the wrong place. According right. To the well, when, when you're an atheist, you cannot possibly trust your fellow man. I yeah. mean, there's no reason to. You, 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 you must think that uh, he, he operates solely out of his own self-interest, and and therefore he's going to murder and rape and steal and defraud and be corrupt uh, in every occasion that he can. So make law upon law upon law upon law and control them in every way possible. Have video cameras everywhere. You cannot possibly let him free. So that and that's what we see in North Korea and China. Yeah, for that and matter. look how like in Venezuela, wonderful pluralistic society until 1998 when they made a mistaken choice based on their own bloviated perception of their own um, uh, prosperity. Yeah. Suddenly they go the other way, and now, 20 years later, no food. Yeah. Right. So true. No toilet paper. I mean, the destruction is. Amazing. Yeah. Rounding up people of opposition parties just because they don't think the same thing as you. Boy, atheists are so tall under freedom, aren't they, right. Barack? Yeah. Oh. And, they, and they don't see the, the wretched uh, tyranny and destruction their, their mentality brings. One of the things, and, and dovetailing off of what you just said, one of the things that uh, has resonated in my various uh, speeches and just going out on the circuit talking about the book and promoting the book, of course, is this notion, it came out of me in one of my speeches, which is, you have to fight atheism. You have to go out there and fight. Do not accept them for, for who they are, what they are. Understand that what they're advocating is dangerous, and at the very very best, totally unappreciative and lazy. And that has really changed things. That, that I, I can see, I can read an audience really well especially among my Christian and deeply religious listeners, they, they have not thought about this as much as they should. I mean, I, I think when they actually think about it deeply, they, they realize that, yes, I'm right. So I'm just maybe a couple of years ahead of them. I'm just helping them get there. You have to fight these people. You, can't, you, you have to not tolerate them. You have to jump in there and, and tell them that they are threats. So when they, when they tell you proudly that they're an atheist then you just get in there and say, why? How dangerous is this? And then they'll tell those spout off the Inquisition, the Crusades, all that crap. And then you'll say, and what good has atheism done? And then you'll tell them about the 20th century. And you'll tell them that it kills everything else that, that's of value whatsoever. Yeah. So Inquisition, right? Pol Pot. Yeah. The Crusades, Mao. Right. 
Oh, oh well, that's that, that's, that's where, yeah. Stalin, Hitler. Right. Oh, that's, but that's because atheism wasn't uh, properly employed or, or deployed, as it were, uh, and communism wasn't properly deployed. And if it only were done so, oh, okay, well, then surely you have an example of where it was properly deployed. And then, they, of course, there, there'll be crickets at that point. I mean, then you, you go on and say, well, just tell me one good thing that atheism has done, godlessness, whatever, okay? You tell me. Other than that little stretch of freeway that I saw that was sponsored by the American Atheist Society. Yeah, okay. other, than other than the, that. Other than the unsightly, the sarcasm, folks. Yes, the unsightly nativity alert. scenes that they decide to get rid of in Santa yeah. Monica. And the Boy Scouts. That were quite beautiful. The Boy Scouts. Yeah. Uh, uh, all the crosses, uh, yeah. all the Ten Commandments, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, emblems monuments, and monuments yes. in front of uh, courthouses. And Christmas, generally speaking. And the, the killing of saying Merry Christmas. Because, you know. Somebody might be offended by that. Yeah, oh, boo-hoo. And we have to treat them with the same contempt that racists were treated with when racists were prevalent. Right. Yeah, that's right. If you met a communist or a racist today and, and he started spouting off his racist nonsense and started, you know, whether it's about blacks or Hispanics or whoever, you would, you would correctly say, sir, that is outrageous, that is wrong. Uh, I don't want to have anything to do with you. Right. I mean, that's what you would... Let, yeah. let, let's, say, let's say he said, uh, I, I think that blacks shall all be back uh, in, in slavery. You would say, you're a disgusting human being. Get out of my effing face, and I never want to talk to you again. And you know what? I, I'm going to make sure to boycott all your goods. Whatever it is, right? Yeah. You, you'd be right to do that. Right. Okay? But when it comes to an atheist, well, then you're supposed to somehow honor him. Yeah. Because, you know, well, he's entitled to his opinion, I, which he is, but so is the racist. Yeah. Right? I, I have... A few regrets in life, but I do have one major regret. And I, um, we are we're members of the same gym in LA that I shall not name. But what would happen if in your gym, you know, a nice private just gym, right. some guy was wearing a shirt with a swastika on it? What would you do? I would say, get that effing shirt off, change yeah. it now. I was in there one day. And a guy walks in with a shirt with a hammer and sickle on it that says "chi chi chi p." And one of my great regrets is I didn't go up to him and say, "Get the out of this place! Right? Get out of America! Right? Take that thing off! Shove that up your butt where it belongs!" Yeah, there's no difference. In fact, no, the CCCP that, that is actually worse. worse. Yeah, it was worse. Yeah, and I was. And, and we both say this as Jews, by the way. Right, and uh, because Jews suffered horribly under under Soviet communism. Yeah. And I remember thinking to myself, being not paralyzed or anything, but it was one of those days I just didn't want to get into it with someone. You know, yeah. it's one of those days. You know, you know this isn't going to end well, and you know the prevailing attitudes of people around here would be like, "Why are you freaking over? Some guy who's wearing a shirt is free will." Right. And I'd then be explaining to people that's the equivalent of a swastika, but it's right. not a swastika. It's a you know it's a it's a Russian Olympic team shirt, you know, or whatever. Oh, I'm Russian. I I wear shirts, you know. Right. And so right. It, it wasn't him who was the problem. It's that there weren't more people who shared my attitude towards the shirt that was the problem. Right. Right. Looking at it with the contempt that it deserved. Yeah, and that's that's what you should be doing. When you deal with an atheist, when they proudly proclaim it, you would say, wow, how childish. Treat them with contempt and then and say, and, and they'll be shocked, shocked that you don't think of them as the brilliant, uh, you know, scientific minds that they think of themselves as, right? But you must treat them with contempt. Be angry with them 
because they are not pulling their weight. At the very best, they're not pulling their weight. And not only are and, they and, not pulling their weight, they're eating up your weight. They're eating up. That's you. right. They're, they're making you pull more weight right. than you should. The same way, you know, we're piling debt on our children's backs. To say nothing you know? of the fact that they're also advancing a very dangerous ideology. And that people actually, I mean, just like the socialist mantra uh, that's going on now, right? With, uh, what's his name? Uh, Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders, right? Bernie Sanders, yes. But, but fully, I think something like 40% of young millennials now. Uh, think that socialism is either a viable or preferable uh, ideology to capitalism. Okay, so that's scary, right? They they just have no concept of American uh, history and no concept concept of the dangers of socialism. I guess Trump's gonna have a lot more people to deport than the illegal aliens. <laughs> so, but but likewise with atheism, you know, simply tolerating it and saying, okay, well, you're entitled to your opinion, and maybe you're right, maybe I'm wrong, you know, because you're, you guys are also nice. I appreciate that. It's great. It, it, it's a very good reflection on you as a Christian and you as a Jew that you're so polite. But you need to be angrier. You need to defend Christianity. Yeah, politeness you, is, is... It doesn't work. It, they use it against politeness you. Politeness is actually an exception, not a natural um, the state of things. You should be looking at politeness as something you save for those who deserve it. And luckily in our society, we, we use politeness so much because so many deserve it. Right. But you know what? You better tap into the non-politeness when you cross the, you know, paths with these people. What if the Franks, uh, they were the ones who, you know, in, in the Middle Ages, who pushed back the, the Muslim invasion of Europe, right? What if the, the, the Franks simply said, oh, you know, well, you're entitled to your opinion, and who are we to say that you, know, you can't be here? And yeah, you can't replace have... the ancient Franks with the modern Swedes, okay. as an example. But, but whatever. I mean, yeah. but I'm going historically. Right. And because they fought really hard, and they said, your ideology, your Sharia law ideology, your notion of a caliphate is destructive. We will not accept it here. Okay? They were okay with Judaism. They had their own issues with Judaism. It's a different story. But but to actually impose Sharia law and completely change the entire world of of uh, Western civilization, no, sir. And they held them at bay, and eventually pushed back uh, the Mormon, the Mormon, the uh, the Muslim invasion of Europe uh, to the point where they got rid of them completely, uh, even out of Spain. So, look, that that this is the this is the way you get a fight. This is this is your Christian history. You know, Christianity as you appreciate it today, and I'm speaking now to Christians, Christianity as you appreciate it and are free to practice it today is the product of people who defended it and people who said this way, the way of God is a preferable way and it's the right way and we are going to defend it and it's, it's all about freedom and democracy. Other civilizations don't have that notion. Christians, please defend yourselves. Christians, please fight. Please argue for Christianity. Okay? We, we are two Jews saying this. Okay? We're, we're not Jews for Jesus. We are devout Jews who, who uh, truly believe deeply in Judaism. Yeah, we don't practice Christianity, yeah. but we appreciate what the Christians do, and we're encouraging them to defend their, yeah. their territory. We need not only Christians to fight, but we need more Christians. We need you to make babies, <laughs> right? Spread the gospel, okay? You are doing God's spread work. Spread the gospel and spread your seed far right. and wide, far please. And wide. Yeah. Because the other side is waging war 
with those two things. They're yeah. waging war with their Muslim gospel, and they're waging war with their Muslim DNA. Yeah. And it sounds horrible to say, well, are you a Hitlerian? No, I'm a realist. I well, see what's happening. To, to, be, to make it a little bit more uh, PC... Um, and no, not, not PC, palatable. Palatable. Okay, <laughs> yes. there you go. To make it more palatable, the fact is, here's an ideology that's you know wildly incongruous with Western civilization. It's not even. It doesn't even have to be Islam. It can be anything else. But the, this imposition, whether it's Scientology, for example, if Scientologists came in and said, "Well, we want to change all you know all of uh, American civilization into a Scientologist way of thinking," we'd say. Get the F uh, out of our faces, yeah. right? No. So you got to defend yourselves, guys. Just because there are many more Muslims who are demanding Sharia law than there are Scientologists demanding Scientology law, whatever you want to call it, doesn't make it better, doesn't make it more right or more deserving of, of, uh, of an intellectual debate, okay? It's not. Christianity and Judaism mean freedom and democracy. The core aspects of our civilization are freedom and democracy. This is what you love. This is what I love. This is what I fight for. This is what I'm willing to die for. Very few other civilizations, nay, no other civilization has been built upon that. That is the core. If you were to, like a nuclear reactor, right? It has one particular room where, where here's the reactor, right? And here's where all things nuclear start, Right? This is the emanating aspect of this nuclear reactor. Likewise with Christianity. The core aspect of Christianity is the notion that God wants us to be free. God wants us to self-actualize. God wants us to meet him, to, to do God's work. That's not the same anywhere else. So understand it, my, my Christian brothers. Understand you need to fight for that, as your Christian brothers did in the past. Okay, now, uh, I'm going to have emails saying, oh, are you encouraging uh, another crusade? And are you encouraging another inquisition? You know what? Go to hell. Because you don't know your history I, if you I, say I, that. I think that's a cool email to write, y'all. I'll, I'll type that one <laughs> Oh, yeah, well, okay. Yeah. No, but, but really, go to hell. No, you're, it's, yes. it's, it, you, you, you have no idea what you're talking about if, that, if that's your notion of Christianity. You have no clue. I'm talking about the Christianity that abolished, abolished slavery. I'm talking about the Christianity that fought against eugenics. I'm talking about the Christianity that fought the Nazis. I'm, I'm talking about the Christianity that, that fought against abortion and fought against the one-child policy in China. I like those guys, okay? Thank God they were around. And you need to fight the same way that these guys did too. Every atheist that debates you, is he embodies all of those possibilities I just said. Slavery, abortion, eugenics, fascism, communism, all of those things. When he speaks to you, that's what he's embodying. And understand him to be the dangerous man that he is. You might as well say, you know, look, I, I'm, I'm a guy that likes to drink and drive. What's wrong with that? I'm cool. What's, who are you to stop me? Yeah, think you, of all you the people who yeah. get home safe every day. That's right. Drunk as hell. Drunk as hell. That's right. Yeah. You may uh, believe that, that you shouldn't drink while you're driving. That's your business. Hey, I don't have any problem with that. So why should you have a problem with me drinking while I'm driving right now? Of course, obviously, there's an immediate cause and effect. That's the reason why. We can, we can explain. Because you are likely to get in a major car crash and kill somebody to say nothing of property damage uh, if you do so. This is a slow burn when you're talking about atheism and the rise of atheism. That's the difference. Yeah. And also, B, 
because their numbers were so small and insignificant for so long, the threat didn't seem like a threat, and the threat was so preposterous. Why would people who built this incredible edifice called modern civilization yep. think that these idiots yeah. would, would pursue this seriously? Yeah. Who wa- like, you know, I mean, we talk so often about, you know, the modern college campus, about how it's been taken over by leftists of all stripes, mostly emanating from an atheist core. Right. And we say, well, who would do this kind of idiocy in an institution of higher learning, transform- fundamentally transforming it into an institution of higher ignorance? Yeah. Oh. Why would you do that? Why would that occur to you? Right. And then why would you apply massive effort to accomplish it? How does yeah. this help you? You know, yeah. critical theoretician, you know, a follower of critical studies, of women's studies, modern feminism. I mean, okay, I understand you want to make an argument in, in the case of feminism that a woman should not be restricted to being a homemaker. Okay, great, fine. But what's this third-wave feminism stuff obsessed with the castration and the conversion of men to all sorts of alternative lifestyles and femininity? I mean, what is this? How does that help you, women? You know, rooted in the atheists and the critical theory core. Why would right. you pursue this? How does this help you? And the answer is obvious. It doesn't. Right. Your book proves that the greatest threat to the atheist is the atheist. Right. Because look what <laughs> happens when they create a society and they follow their own rules. Right. They kill themselves. I'm an atheist, and thank God nobody else is. Yes. That's what every atheist should be saying to himself. Right. And, you know, it's so funny. When I was 12 years old, I said that for the first time. And I guess I was a precocious kid, but I had no realization, and there's the kid part of it, right? I had no realization of the internal inconsistency of that very statement and how ironic it was. So, look, the atheist will retort to what you just said by saying, what are you talking about? I believe in science. I'm, I'm freeing myself from this nonsense that you call Jesus and God that is holding us back, don't you know? And, and because of that, I am going to offer a, a far more, a far better world, a, a world of enlightenment and goodness, and we'll pursue what is logical and from the heart. This is the way they think. I'm telling oh, you. Oh, I know. I know. I've they're, read they're, their they're, book yeah. and I met them. They're, 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 they're really, <laughs> Tell the audience. They're telling me. I, right. I know. <laughs> right. But but they're, they're quite they're quite fancied of themselves. They think yeah, very they're, highly they're, of themselves. They find themselves quite yeah. fetching, right. as they say. <laughs> fetching. But, but the funny thing is, this is what every atheist society has said for itself, right? At yeah. the end of the day, whether it's uh, Soviet Union, China, or North Korea, especially today, and even now with Venezuela, they, they, every one of them said, we're an atheist society, we're getting rid of all you, uh, all the religions that are, that are such obstacles in our way, and uh, we know what's best, and we're going to move forward with science, right? Every single one of them. And look how they all ended up destroying their own people and being such toxins and poisons upon the world, right? There it is. So atheists, you know, you can, you can self-congratulate all day long. Uh, but I must say, you really have not thought these things through. Yeah, look at your fruits. Look they're the, kind of rotten, yeah, aren't they? they really are rotten fruits. And, and you, you may think, you may think yeah. that you are just, you know, you, the best thing you could do my, my atheist friend, the best thing you could do is to say, you know what? You're right. It sucks. And it, it's, it's awful. 
Um, the universe is awful. The universe is random. The world is stinks. People stink as well. But at least I'm acknowledging it. That's what they'll tell you. Okay? And you fools, you can believe in your silly sky god all you want. But at least I'm being honest with myself. That's what he's saying. Okay? But so what? Right? I, and I, I tell you, look, I mean, this is the reason why I wrote the book. There are many books about God. There are many books about the non-existence of God. But there are no books except for mine, as far as I can tell, that talk about the consequences of non-belief in God. The consequences. So even if you were not to believe in God, you should still espouse God. You should still join a church or a synagogue. You should still do yeah, the dance. Pull your weight. Do Just your bit. Do pull your, your part. effing weight. <laughs> yeah. Right? And understand that, gosh, those guys pulled their weight. Yeah, maybe they believed, maybe they didn't believe, but they still did it anyway. Right? They just did it. There's a lot of work that we do that we don't want to do, right? You know, sometimes you, how about this? You, you see somebody in the street and you were feeling awful. Your wife yelled at you or you, you just, you had a terrible day. You didn't sleep well. You feel sick for that matter. And they say, how are you? And you know what your response is? Fine. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. How are you? Have a good one. Okay. In the meantime, what you're really thinking is, Ah, oh, life sucks. And let me tell you about it, right? So the point is that we go through the motions. We fake it till we make it, as they say. Yeah. So you don't believe in God? Fine. You're, I think you're a fool for not believing in God. It's, the evidence of God is all around you. But, but let's say, okay, you decide that there is no God. So what? Fake it until you make it. Yeah, it's not like you're going to hell anyway. Yeah, just you know? do it. it just and, do it. You know, it's so funny. I had that exact contextual conversation with my daughter last night. You know, she's doing this part of home. I don't want to do it. I was like, you got to do it. I don't like it. I know we do a lot of things. And I'm doing the dishes while she's doing her homework. I said to her, honey, what would happen if daddy doesn't do the dishes tonight? Well, they'd be there in the morning. Right. And what if I don't do them tomorrow night? Because I'm going to not want to do them tomorrow night just as much as I don't want to do them right now. Right. I get, and you know that garbage I have to take out later? I really don't want to go out in the cold and take it out. Right. And it, tomorrow's going to be cold and rainy, and I know I'm not going to want to take it out tomorrow either. What would happen? Right. And she said, well, the dishes would get higher and higher and higher and dirtier and dirtier. Yeah. yeah. And would that be a good thing for all of us? No. Right, right. And what about the garbage? Well, it's, and so immediately, click, she got it. And it's the same thing with the atheist. How are you not seeing that your lack of maintenance of this wonderful thing we have in right. called aggregate communal society, not communist society, communal society, does not require your labor too. Right. You pitching in and doing your part of swabbing the decks or making the meal or navigating right. the sub. Or at the very least, not glorifying your non-activity, your, your <laughs> laziness, right? Don't glorify it. You, can, you, you, you don't have to smile and whistle while you work like the other people do. Okay, that's cool. I get it. But pretend it just for the sake of it. You've got to go through these motions, right? That, that's what the atheist doesn't understand. They are both dangerous on the one hand and at the very best, lazy and not pulling their weight on the other. That's the core of it. I'm Brock Lurie. Thanks for listening. We'll talk with you next week.